Would you please be my president? <laughs> sure. I mean, I know it's a big will, it's a big ask uh, right off the top. Sure, no problem. I have a general, I have a president route. It's like a paper route. Yeah. You basically go to a variety of houses That's and you're right. president. That's you know, right. Signs in their kitchen, you know, that sort of thing. Welcome to the National Defense. The National Defense is dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I am Randy Miller. John Stewart is a comedian best known for hosting The Daily Show for 16 years on Comedy Central. He is a huge proponent for veterans and first responders, even appearing before Congress to campaign for health benefits. We're happy to have John Stewart here on The National Defense. Mr. John Stewart, how are you, John? I'm very well, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for uh, for everything that you've done. And uh, I, I have never talked to you before, John, but would you please be my president? <laughs> Sure. I mean, I know it's a big, will, it's a big ask uh, right off the top. Sure, no problem. I, I, I have a general. I have a president route. It's like a paper route. Yeah. You basically go to a variety of houses That's and you're right. president. That's you know, right. Sign bills in their kitchen, you know that sort of thing. Well, I mean, you know, you you got Congress and the Senate to do something. I mean, that's a that's pretty amazing in itself. Well, so so I, I think in general, what it was is. Uh, John Feel and the Feel Good Foundation basically worked the body for about 15 years and softened them up uh, to the point where, you know, at the end, you could just come over and kind of knock them over with a feather. Uh, But it really was, you know, a strangely long. And I think even after it's all gotten done and it's all been signed, I think there's still a residual feeling of I cannot fathom right. why this was a fight, why this took so long, why it was a fight, why, uh, you know, John and company had to go down there and, and harass these folks for, you know, 300 trips. It, it still sort of boggles my mind. Yeah. John Field is on the phone with us, too. John, how are you doing? Sir, I'm uh, good, and thank you for having me. And uh, it's great to uh, speak with you and to uh, be with John again. So um, it, it sounds- and I echo... It sounds like, you know, from the way John describes it here, it's like it's a it's a uh, you're in a ring. You're you're, you're fighting. You got a body blows after body blows. And then. Uh, yes. And then and then John Stewart comes in and, and uh, caps the thing off. But uh, that's and what John was talking about, too, is exactly what we wrestle with on this program. Um, there are certain things in this country that should never be a problem for anybody. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. care about how you feel about anything. Support the troops, number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have a choice, right? And then anything with nine eleven, yes. What's right. John feel? Why was that a problem? You think? Yeah, that that's more like a rhetorical question, right? Because I can't answer. <laughs> sure. I right. can't answer. I just can't answer for poor leadership and bad politics and uh, political affiliation and tribal loyalism. Um, you know, we had a job to do, uh, you know, I look at this, you know, I have, I've had a chance to reflect now over the last couple of days and I look at it like we had three championship bouts with Congress and the Senate and 2010, while well, we got a bill passed, it was more like a draw. And then in 2015, um, we got the bill passed, but it was like a split decision and everybody was questioning it. And then, uh, 2019, we knocked the shit out of them. Yep. Right. And, uh, Absolutely. And, 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 oh my God, and John! Was, I just realized this is the Rocky series. 
So yeah. wait a minute. So the four, I think now, I think we might be up against Drago. <laughs> a bill passed at the International Congress. <laughs> yeah, is there a sequel? The Russian Duma. The Russian Duma. Well, I, mean, I think... Uh, I think the sequel is going to be uh, John and I and others um, trying to get a burn bill passed. Yeah. Well, that. and that's the thing, you know, I mean, when, when I reflect uh, this week too, John, on, on what you guys have, uh, have done, um, it, it's just amazing in terms of it, it's, it doesn't benefit you at all, except as Americans. I mean, you're not getting anything out of this except something that's great for these first responders. And well, you just uh, don't see that very fair, often. To be fair, I do get a lot of good T-shirts. Yeah. You know, first responders <laughs> yes, you are they are they are top notch with the swag. <laughs> I've got more fire and police T-shirts now. Uh, so it, I, I do have to come clean about my about you know. You know, I've had a lot of you know, swag. I've had a I've had a lot of people in the media and on social media and just people around the country, you know. Uh, mostly positive, but even those who questioned, uh, you know, like John, he's a celebrity. You know, John is the, uh, and I've met a lot of celebrities over the last 18 years, and um, one, John's heart is pure, and I have not met anybody in my whole life whose heart is more pure than his, but he has no agenda other than that he cares. And for any celebrity that takes to Twitter and says that you should eat this or you should wear that, that's not helping America. That's just tweeting. Yeah. And, um, everybody should embrace and emulate what John Stewart did for the 9-11 community, what he does for the veteran community and how he conducts himself as a human being, how he, more importantly, how he treats others, because I've witnessed it firsthand and, um, I'm not easily impressed by anybody because I thought I was really cool and that good of a person. And, um, <laughs> he, makes, he, he makes me look, he makes me look like a convict. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I will say, let me, let me just interject. John does look like a convict. I mean, well, I you know, let me interject though, that Wayne Newton also is a pure heart. And then I'll just, I'll add that. Could you guys come over to my house at Thanksgiving and get my dad to stop smoking? I mean, it seems yeah. like <laughs> John, yeah, you guys, you know, doing this kind of stuff. And John, let's talk a little bit. John Stewart, let's talk a little bit about what your uh, contribution to the military. I know that you, you were just down at the Warrior Games with this crazy yeah. guy, Jim Carroll. Yes. And uh, who's a mentalist, which I still don't quite understand. But uh, you have done so much over the years for the military and for veterans. How many USO tours? I've been on quite a few of the, uh, the USO tours, yeah. I mean, the, the thing about it is it is, you know, the bar is very low for public participation yeah. <laughs> uh, into the military. Uh, so, you know... When you place uh, a couple of USO tours and, and some of those things in front of even one tour of duty, uh, it, it's it's really not, you know, it's a weekend. It's not even being in the reserves. Um, so I don't ever consider it, uh, in, it as one of those things that, man, it's it's I don't go out of my way to do it. It's uh, a natural extension of wanting to make sure that people that support us. And, and it's the thing that, you know, John and I were talking about with the first responders at a certain point, a society has to stand up for the people that stand up for it. Yeah. And, uh, especially given, and look, uh, you know, I think you'll find complaints about this in the military and the first responders as well. 
when they are there for us, you know, it's hosannas and flowers. But, you know, when they can't be or when they're hurt or when they're, you know, it's often that they're forgotten. When you leave those groups, it can be very isolating. And I think we just have to do a better job of holding up our end of what I think the compact should be. Uh, and that is to, you know, to support them no matter what. Yeah, exactly. It, it, but I want you to know too, John, that how much that means to them. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing. We've been doing this show now for 14 years and the entertainers that have come on this show, uh, for a little bit and, you know, talk from their heart about uh, their love for the military. And, and surprisingly so, some sometimes you don't know, you know, people with different politics that just absolutely uh, love our country and, and love uh, the military. But it just uh, we get emails and calls all the time about, you know, thank mm-hmm. you for uh, having them on. Right. Yeah, listen, it's it's I think it's good for a community. You've got a community that represents a very small percentage of Americans right. and uh, the sacrifice that not just they, but their families go through. I don't know if, you know, the country has a sense of how profound that sacrifice is. I don't know if they have a sense of imagine, you know, whether you're a reservist or, or just flat out active duty, or you've been in it for a while, you know, you get that call and, you know, you disappear into a place that is uh, unknowable and sometimes uninhabitable and uh, difficult to get communication with. And, uh, the spouse you leave behind and the family you're behind and the worry that they have. And uh, if you come back with wounds invisible and otherwise, you know, the stresses that are placed upon that community and mostly in quarantine. And, you know, I think that if, you know, I remember when my dad was, was in the military, you know, the country was in a different place sure, and the military was more visible. And it's, I think it's, it's really important for that community to understand that they're seen and that their plight is, is cared for and cared about. Hey, we are talking to uh, John Stewart and John feel here on the national defense and John feel, you were talking about your next uh, little project here that you're going after, huh? Yeah. Uh, again, um, you know, I'm a veteran before I'm a nine 11 responder. And, um, and again, I told you before we got on the phone that, you know, John took me up to West Point a couple of years ago, and um, it was the most eye-opening experience I saw in a long time. And um, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm technically an amputee losing half a foot, and to see these men and women without arms and legs, um, you can't complain. Right. And if you complain, Man. then yep. that you're 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 a selfish person if you complain about anything in life. And I, I think John will tell you in the ten years that I've known him that I don't complain, and. Um, I take my own uh, physical pain and suffering every day, and I keep doing what I try to do uh, by the end of the day. Um, but there are so many people out there coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and um, uh, that were exposed to the same toxins as uh, 9-11 responders. They have the same cancers. And frankly, they're sick and dying, just like 9-11 responders. Sure. And, and again, they're expendable by the federal, state, and local governments like we were. And, um, uh, you know... People need to take the approach, and this is how I have a simple recipe. Congress and the Senate work for us. The chairs that they sit in, the desks that they use, the paper that they write on, the pens that they use, the computers they use, we own that. They work for us. And if more people approach it like that, we'd get more things done. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's why John. Um, that's why John stole a lot of the stationery when we were down. In DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's entitled we to did. that. I think you're that's right. Uh, he would just walk in and go, "Oh, is that my printer?" And then he just walk <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so much disturbing. I'm having a yard sale Friday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John Stewart, does it kill you now to watch uh, a debate like last night and go, "Oh, I want my show back"? No, man. I mean, I did it. You know. Things are so right. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's right, but it's also redundant. Well, and, good point. You know, yeah. I, I don't know that there's anything new under the sun that happens with uh, either the way that the candidates speak uh, or the way that the media, you know, fails to uh, cover it. Sure. Uh, in a responsible way and, and how the tribalism has, you know, overtaken uh, all of it. So I don't. It's not as though I, I watch and think, well, this is this is a new phenomenon, right. and I'd really love to get in there. Uh, I felt like I did it as best I could for as long as I could, and uh, you know, I, I watch it now more as just a concern. You know, before I had the show, I was just a guy sitting on a chair in my underwear yelling at the TV, and and, <laughs> and, and now I'm back there. Now you're back, um, but, but there's so many so many knuckleheads now. Chair. Better and better underwear, but that's really about it. <laughs> There's so many knuckleheads. We are at the height of knuckleheads, though. I mean, you know, to have that kind of uh, field of uh, comedy material out there. But like you say, I, I think well, that's that's a good it's point. Not even that, that I think it's it's so much knuckleheads is that we watch it now. Look, we've been conditioned. I think the news has taken on the circadian rhythms of Twitter and has started to believe yeah. that the Twitter conversation is the conversation. Right. And so it has to create a sense of urgency. And, uh, you know, uh, otherwise people are going to move on and, and, and watch something else. So everything is created in a narrative. So uh, a debate is not a debate. It's a prize fight. Sure. And yep. Yep. a few people, it's 10 people. And tomorrow night will be another 10 people. And what is, I, I what is that? What is Twitter? What, <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot. I should explain to John. So years ago, uh, <laughs> John's still working on an abacus. He's still. <laughs> you know, John Stewart, uh, when uh, I, I think people kind of got to learn your heart and I went back and rewatched this the other day. Uh, but your first show back after 9-11, man. Uh, oh yeah, did you did you see oh, him cry like a baby? Hey, settle down, Phil. <laughs> like a baby, I was like, "Woo, boo hoo!" I was tired. <laughs> Meanwhile, John feels out there doing the tough work, and John Stewart's crying on TV. No, but exactly. you know, seri but seriously, and that goes back to what I said before: his heart is pure, and um, I, and 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 I, I'll I'll put my money where my mouth is. I have yet to meet. A 9-11 responder, a veteran, a politician, a celebrity, or another human being whose heart is as pure as his. And uh, the, the, the transformation from John from when I knew him when he had a show to after he had a show, um, uh, he's that better. He, I didn't think he can make himself better, and he's that much more better of a person. He's And the stress is off of him, and he's more comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. And, and, and to to see him and to the ability to articulate a message uh, is yet to be matched. And um, and I say this out of jealousy. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and, and you wonder why more uh, people with that kind of spotlight uh, don't do the same thing. Or I that's what I wonder. 
Well, that's just it. He doesn't really have a spotlight anymore because his, he left the legacy behind five years ago, and 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 America could have forgot about him. Uh, guys, like guys, a, you know I'm still and, alive, right? Guys, wait, and, guys, I'm still. He, he can I, hear everything you're saying, John. I, yeah, but what I'm wait. what I'm saying is is that. He he had no agenda whatsoever other yeah. than to care. Yeah. And 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 then people oh, that's John Stewart from the Daily Show. And it, it, why wasn't it just we label everybody so quickly? Why isn't it, you know, John Stewart a caring American or John Stewart a, a really nice guy from the middle of New Jersey who likes to wrestle pigs, right. who got involved with nine <laughs> who got involved with nine eleven responders and veterans. That's some new information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, but we just we just we label everybody so quick, and you know everybody that's oh John Field, you you know John Stewart, he's such a liberal this and a liberal that. No, he's not. He's an American who cares. Yeah. And you know, listen, I don't care if you're a conservative or a liberal or an you know just don't be an asshole. It's exactly. that simple. And, and see, that's what I get a lot. Uh, just there's Randy Miller, the asshole. But uh, you know, <laughs> I gotta I gotta live with that, and I understand that. But uh, yeah. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for coming on. I just, uh, and John Stewart, if you can't be my president, what I would like to make you for this program, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I would like to make you the uh, celebrity military advisor. <laughs> sure. Now, 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 there, you have, do I get the power? Now, do, do I get an arsenal by any chance? Well, you do. That, you get a, we have a nice overstuffed chair, number one. That's number uh, one. And uh, and the other part is you get. we just want you to call all of your celebrity friends like Stephen Colbert and tell them to come on this program. All right. I don't get like a warthog or anything? Well, sure. you. <laughs> well, and, and Stephen Colbert used to work for you, so don't even ask him. Just tell him. All right. All okay. right. All right. Thank you, guys. Command may have been broken there. I think but, but I'll do the best I can. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys, so much, and thank you for everything right. that you're doing. Love to have you back on and uh, right. at, any, anytime. Okay. All right. Bye, John Peel. I love you, John. I love you more. And when we get a bill passed for veterans, right. we'll, we'll get it back on. Thank you, John Peel, John Stewart. Stephen Colbert is a comedian, writer, producer, political commentator, actor, and television host. He's best known for hosting the Comedy Central program, The Colbert Report, from 2005 to 2014, and, of course, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, nightly on CBS. Stephen Colbert joins us right here on The National Defense. And we are so happy. What a treat to have the host of the number one late night show on television, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Stephen, how's it going? It's going well. It's Friday and I don't have a show. I'm sitting at home drinking coffee looking at my new dog. What kind of dog? It's, um, it's a spaniel. Uh, my wife and I are both from South Carolina. And it's the state dog of South Carolina. It's a Boykin spaniel. And we think his name is Ben, but he doesn't think so. <laughs> a Boykin, a Boykin Spaniel. Yeah, you basically only see him in South Carolina and for some reason in Texas, too. But it's, it's our state dog in South Carolina. It's a little chocolate, little chocolate Spaniel. Oh, wow, that's called cool. a, a swamp poodle, a swamp poodle or a chocolate uh, or a chocolate uh, chocolate possum. That was a that was a great movie, Swamp Poodle. And also Chocolate Possum was a very good <laughs> Very good sequel. When the swamp, when the swamp poodle comes out of the out of the marsh and grabs <laughs> yeah, that girl, right, right. yeah, yeah, terrifyingly erotic. And, and then you find out, oh, it's Ben Vereen. It's just it's Ben Vereen. 
entire time. The entire time it was Ben Vereen. Let me, uh, you can appreciate this, Stephen. So, uh, you know, our show is the National Defense, and it's uh, basically uh, our audience is composed of military veterans and, uh, and their families and active duty military, and it's on Armed Forces Radio Network as well. So we travel. We take the show out quite a bit. And we go to bases and we were at a VA hospital in Kansas City. Well, uh, we generally do interviews when we're on the road from our mobile studio, which is also an RV. Well, uh, we've had a little problem. We're right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee right now. And the mobile repair guy had to come out at the same time this interview was. So we're conducting this interview today in the game room of the KOA campground right here outside Knoxville. <laughs> You're roughing it. Uh, well, it's a, mm-hmm. hey, 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 wait a minute. It's a nice game room. Don't get me wrong. What do we got? Do we have uh, foosball? We got, oh, of course, of course. There's foosball. Uh, there's something called the speed zone. There's the thing that you, you pick the, the stuff up with the, the, the mechanical hand. There's that. Oh, the crane? The crane. The claw? You got the claw? And we, okay. not, we not only have that. Oh, are these video games? These are video, games. video games. Yeah, it's the House of the Dead, but we also, wow. the House of the Dead 2, uh, which is also in here. So okay. There, you know, it's a, My jam was always... Uh, my jam was always Lunar Lander when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, I would go to the mall, oh, go to the, go to Northwoods Mall in Charleston, South Carolina, go to Aladdin's Castle, which was the name of the the video uh, arcade. The kids today they don't know from video arcade. No, no, you, video you, arcade. That was that, that's where a man became a man. That's exactly right, and that's that's uh, where. You, and I would play Lunar Lander. That was the only game for me. Galaga was uh, was my game. Galaga. Yeah, Galaga. Sir Galaga. Was, Sir, <laughs> centipede. Centipede with a little. Oh, oh my gosh, Centipede was fantastic. It was a little too advanced for me, but it was a uh, back and forth, man. I I wanted to like I wanted to try to freak out the competition and show up at Aladdin's Castle with a glove on one hand <laughs> and go like it's my rollerball glove. <laughs> we are talking. I had to nothing. Oh my god! Oh, I'm so glad I'm not a teenager anymore. We're talking to Stephen Colbert here in the National Defense, and there is no, uh, and maybe some people don't know this, but there's no greater friend yeah. to the military or to veterans than than you. Uh, I mean, you, you've done multiple U.S. Well, we have been tours. lucky. We, we've been yes, we've been lucky. We've been lucky to um, work um, with the USO and with the IAVA. Yep. And uh, with um, uh, uh, Yellow Ribbon Fund at um, down at uh, Bethesda, you know, Walter Reed. Right. And uh, it's like it's the least we could do. And when I can, I like to go visit uh, the wounded troops myself. But um, it's you know, it's 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 a far cry from what all of us should do. But we, we like to stay involved and show our appreciation and, and show our, our thanks to the troops by doing whatever we can to point at what their needs are. And, and you know how much they appreciate that and how much they appreciate you. Uh, President Obama ordered you at one point to shave your head for the troops in Baghdad. You did it. He ordered Odierno. He ordered Odierno oh, the to general. shave my head. Yeah, exactly. Now, yes, the general shaved my head. And that guy knows how to shave a head. <laughs> were you were you a little concerned? <laughs> were you a little concerned about the fact that because if you've never had that done, you don't know what the shape of your head really looks like. Was that ever a concern? I was a little worried. I was a little worried because I I was dropped on my head a few times when I was a kid, <laughs> as you can probably tell. And I did. I actually fell off a second story of a house and like, oh. flags fell and everything. I was just because I was one of eleven children, right. you know, and and my parents essentially 
let me roam free range in a neighborhood that was under construction a lot. Oh, it was sort of a, it were building, it was, and so I would just go through these construction sites. I drove nails through my hand by accident. It was, I was always going to the hospital. So I thought maybe my head would just be a series of scars when they shaved it. But, you know, not too misshapen. No. No, uh, no, I, be, no beginnings of devil horns or anything <laughs> like that. No, no tattoo of 666 on the back of my head. Mom, can I go to the game room? Go play with the construction guys again, honey. You, you just go You go down there. Let those guys just exactly. show you what they're doing. Oh, um, well, when I, I, the, the street I grew up in South Carolina was on a, on a little pond that had alligators in it. And <laughs> our fun as little kids was to go up to the alligators sleeping on the bank. And to throw sticks at them until the alligators would chase us. That was a fun childhood. Wow! So shaving your head was really no big deal to you. Oh, that was fun. That was that was fun. And I came back, and I've been telling my boys I was going to shave their head ever since I came back. That's ten years now. One of my long time ago. One of my favorite uh, things you've ever done when you did the twenty push-ups for the uh, Screaming Eagles of One Hundred and First Airborne. That is so. Oh, if you have not seen that, go to YouTube. I mean, it is hilarious. That is so good. I'm so <laughs> funny. Um, well, I was honored to do that. I was honored to do that. My uncle Ed was in the 101st. Oh, is that right? Our, uh, our, yeah, my uncle Ed was at uh, yeah in World War Two. He was uh, wow. he went he shooted in uh, to San Marigliese before uh, before uh, before D eight hours before D Day. Oh, um, wow. I was just over there a couple of years ago. It's really wonderful. I was able, but while my mother was there, I was able to go and stand on the spot. Someone I know at the Army War College did the research and found out where Uncle Ed had landed, like literally the spot, the courtyard he'd landed in San Marigliese. And so I called my mom from that spot because he, unfortunately, he didn't wow. survive the war. But, uh, but I was able to call her from the spot where her brother landed. It was really, it was really a beautiful moment. Oh, man, that is so cool. That is so great. I just called my mom from the game room at the KOA, and it was not, the same. <laughs> it was not exactly the same, <laughs> but it was very, very close. Uh, we just had your I buddy. Get no, I get it. We, we had your buddy, John Stewart, um, on this program right oh, after. Nice. Yeah, right after uh, the 9-11 uh, first responder bill passed and had he and uh, John Feel on. And I asked him, uh, yeah. will you be my president? And he he turned it down. He turned it down. And uh, and I was very disappointed. That's too bad. I think he'd be a good president. Oh, my gosh. I think John would be a, di- a damn fine president. Oh, you, you know. He's, uh, the, he's, yeah. he's a very reasonable cat. And the thing about John Stewart, and and the thing that uh, you don't see much at all anymore, is he had nothing to gain from that. Zero. There's no there's no benefit for John Stewart except doing the right thing. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what he's like. He's one of the best men I know, yeah. and I'm I'm not uh, I'm not surprised at all. The only thing that surprises me is that I'm ever surprised when he does something that I admire. He's he, he's just an extraordinary guy. I'm really lucky to have worked with him all those years. Well, and uh, now yeah. we just got to get him a job. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm just worried how he's paying the rent. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. He's got that farm now. He's got all those animals to feed. He's trying to grow the yeah. Letterman beard. Sure, he, yeah, he, no, he'll never do it. He'll never do it. Hey, yeah, I no, know you're a graduate of uh, Second City, of course. And uh, do you yeah. do you miss the improv? Do you miss the uh, the yes ands? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, I miss being on. The great thing about improv is not knowing what's going to happen. And then at the end of it, you kind of made this discovery of what each of you was able to create by 
by following the lead of the other person. Right. And so nobody's really responsible for what you end up making or you're all responsible, but nobody really wrote it. It just kind of happened together. That's a great feeling when it happens. Yeah. You know, it happens about 25% of the time. <laughs> the other 75% is the wait for that thing to happen. <laughs> but it's, it, when it, that, it, it's, it's sometimes worth the wait. We still improvise the, when we write my show now because we're essentially improvising with each other when we, when we write it. We always it. write in teams. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we, we always write in teams. Nobody goes off by themselves. We write in teams so that we can kind of improvise with each other. It was even more so on the old show because that was in character and you literally had to get in character and improvise right. as the character to be able to write it. But, you know, the interviews that I do with my guests, those are all sure. improvised. I have, I have four or five questions, but I rarely get to them. I'm mostly just <laughs> asking them. You know, if it's a good interview, I never look at my questions. Right, right. If it's a bad interview, I go through all my questions in five minutes and I look over the guest's shoulders at a guy holding a sign that says five more. <laughs> and, then, and then your blood runs cold. Yeah, right. Here, I got nothing. I got, uh, I'm zero. I'm zeroed out over here. Your, your mouth goes dry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think you have many of those moments. I don't think you have many of those. No, moments. but here's the thing. Here, no, there aren't because we have very good bookers. But there are some people who come on. They can't remember what they're on for. They don't really want to talk. Like my favorite, one of my fav my favorite interview I've, I think I've ever done is the first time I interviewed Robert De Niro. Oh wow! I knew that he was a famously difficult interview. Right. And I'm sure you've talked to him, and he probably he probably was great with you. But no, 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 he was TV, not. He, he was not great with he, us. <laughs> he's famously reticent. Like he doesn't talk a lot. Like. He answers questions like yes or no. Right. Like there's no, he doesn't want to tell you a story. Right. And so I said, I'll just do my best. Like I tried to soften him up by talking about his father, who was an artist. And my mother had, had, um, actually really enjoyed his father's art. And, um, and so I led with that, nothing. And, <laughs> but I'm like, this is a game. This is a fun game. I don't care. I'm very happy to have Robert De Niro. And sure. He doesn't owe me a great interview. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, why don't we not talk for a while? So we did not talk. I remember that. Minute. I remember that. And that was probably the happiest minute. Joy. Yeah, I was going to say, probably the happiest minute of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It we, was so great. We just sat there and drank, we sat there and drank uh, sake <laughs> and did not talk for a minute. And some of the best laughs I ever got. I've tried to do it with other guests, but they kind of, other guests will get nervous and they'll want to fill the silence. <laughs> not not Bobby D, baby. No, no, no. He's not happy. The tough guy. Oh yeah, he, absolute, perfectly happy not to talk. He's waiting for it the gunshot. He doesn't care. We had yeah, yeah. Uh, we had uh, Tom Hanks uh, on the show, and uh, we, we're a two hour program now. We're a weekly two hour program. At the time, we were one hour. Tom Hanks talked for forty five minutes. Yeah. He was fantastic. And at the uh, end of forty five minutes, I said, Tom. I, man, I love talking to you. I said, we only have an hour show. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. Am I, I, I said, he goes, am I, am I talking too much? I go, no, no, everything's great. And he was, yeah. you know, he, he's one of those guys too. You know those guys, right? The, the real guys who are secure and comfortable and are, are just. Oh my gosh, there's nothing. I actually, one of the few times, I actually have, I haven't talked to Dave Letterman off camera that much, but one of the few times I have, I said to him in front of a room that night, we were honoring Tom Hanks at a, at a benefit. And I said, I, there's one thing that talk show hosts know is that there's, there's really only one thing you want to see on your board when you walk in in the morning and that the guest card wants to say Tom Hanks. Right. 
Right. Or just just Hanks with an X. Yeah, That's right. All, and then you know that tonight's show is a vacation. Right. Because you, you, you can talk if you want. You don't have to talk. The audience is going to be thrilled to be there. You're going to be thrilled to be on stage with him. He's right. just... He's just the, the the loveliest guy. I highly recommend going out and having a cocktail with him. Oh man, I I can't, I can't even imagine. It's even nicer in person. Yeah, I'll I'll bet. Yeah. Well, we had uh, uh, on the on the flip side of that. Um, I when I was doing morning radio, we had uh, uh, Don Osmond, not Donnie. We had Don Osmond come on the show, and I was doing a uh, morning radio show in uh, in Atlanta, and so. Don Osmond comes on. This is right after he released Soldier of Love, if you remember that. And no, so wait, so it is Donny Osmond, but he's Don now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's Donny, it's Donny Osmond. So he comes in, okay. and all I want to talk about is puppy love and purple socks and uh, how's Marie <laughs> and you're doing. And Marie. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and he looks at me and he says, listen, it, it's not Donnie, it's Don. And uh, I just did Soldier of Love, so I, that's all I want to talk about. This is a new, this is a new direction. And I said, well, you know, got it. Got it. not, I said, everybody only knows you from puppy love and, and your brothers and his sister. And he said, if this is it, I'm, I'm leaving the studio. Well, we've got the mayor there to give him the key to the city. He, he leaves the studio. So I play puppy love over and over for an hour and a half on the show. And he, <laughs> and he finally Finally comes back, and then he's Donny Osmond, and he's good, and he's you know that kind of a thing, and and uh, that's right. And now he's well, that was, this in must Vegas. have been this must be like fifteen years ago or something, right? Oh yeah, How long ago was this? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about fifteen years ago. Yeah, because yeah. he, he and he and Marie have just celebrated eleven years, and right. Donny and Marie. Oh yeah, of course. In I, and Vegas, I, and, and I think I sold think, out, sold out every night for eleven years. And I don't, I don't go wanna, with what you know, baby. Right. I don't want to take all the credit for that, but you know, I think I. <laughs> Kind of steered Tom. him in, in the right direction. Tom is fine. <laughs> Steven, listen, man, thank you so much for for taking the time. Thank you for everything that you're you're doing for uh, for veterans. Oh. And um, what I would like to suggest is well, uh, thank you, to, thank you to all the veterans and all the active service members out there and their families who are listening. And thank you for everything you do for our country. It it's uh, it's our honor at the show and mine personally to do whatever we can to help. When you're, you know, deployed or when you're back stateside, um, thank you. Thank you for everything you do for our country so selflessly with such honor. You know, you, you fill your audience. Uh, I love it when you, you fill the audience with the military and it just, oh man, it's just, it's such a good feeling. Um, and what I would like to suggest to you, Stephen, is that you become our celebrity military advisor. I don't have to advise you about the military, right? No, no, because no, no. no. The, the only fighting I've done is in Dungeons and Dragons. No, the, I don't think uh, <laughs> wizardry is what the military needs. Were you the uh, DM? Uh, no, I was never that selfless. I always okay. wanted to be the guy doing the hack and chop. <laughs> um, but I can be your, I can be your military celebrity advisor. Well, that's what, yeah. Military advisor. That's what I was thinking. I'll so, advise you about... You ask me about celebrities, and I'll tell you what you need to know about them. I was just thinking that every celebrity you have on your show, you slip them our phone number immediately after and say, call Randy. Give Randy a call and say hi to the troops. That's all Done. you have to do. Done. That's quick. It's Done. quick and, and you, easy. You, you, you have my highest recommendation. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. And the congratulations Thanks, on a great show. Thanks. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege of your time. If you like what you hear in the national defense, take it to the streets. Make some road signs. Fly a banner. 
or just give us a five-star rating and an incredible review and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to The National Defense. The National Defense is written and hosted by me, Randy Miller, and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us online at thenationaldefense.com.